What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 113. Today with local legend Jimmy Haha of the band Jimmy's Chicken Shack. They kind of hit it big in the 90s with their song Do Right. And uh, if you're familiar with Jimmy at all, uh, you might know that he's just kind of an all-around artist in the Annapolis area. Does a lot of uh, painting, and then he also has a magazine that he puts together for local art called Upstart Annapolis. Um, so we talked about all that stuff and kind of what he's been up to um, during the quarantine and uh, just stuff in general. Also talked about some of his uh, stories from the road, like uh, running into Slash and uh, Willie Nelson and uh, stuff like that. So. If you're friends or fans of his, uh, hopefully you enjoy our conversation. It seemed like he was in pretty good spirits. Um, as always, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting local music. We all definitely appreciate it. Hopefully you yourself are doing all right out there. Uh, weather's starting to finally kind of approach spring here and uh, starting to warm up just a touch. But uh, yeah, I featured a couple songs from Jimmy's Chicken Shack on this episode. Um course do right uh, and then one of my favorites the quiet ones as well as a cover of waiting room by fugazi but uh, i just gotta say thanks to jimmy for uh coming on the show uh, definitely appreciate that and then uh lastly this podcast is partially brought to you by truly strings uh it's my buddy steven who is a luthier in laurel maryland he's got a guitar shop you can find him on truly strings on instagram and mention the podcast for discounts but uh, yeah, without too much further ado, we'll get to the interview with Jimmy Hotto. We'll make the bed up straight. I always stay out late. I never take you out. Ask what you're all about. I always smell like smoke. Everything's just a joke. I never look at you when you come hear me sing. These are not all of me. Many simple things you can find wrong with me. Once would you tell me, please? Welcome on the, the podcast, on the show. Um, appreciate it, for sure. Um, kind of just getting going here. I was working late last night, but sweet yeah. t-shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, dude sent it to me. I know. <laughs> some some random guy on the internet. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is just something I've been doing uh, for bands around town and um, past couple years, I guess. Just um, kind of started it during the quarantine and uh, just kind of been rolling with it since then awesome. so uh like i said appreciate you coming on you're kind of you know one of the more uh bigger fish or established fish maybe in the uh older little, fish <laughs> older fish yeah in the uh in the little pond of baltimore annapolis right. whatever you want to call it um it's actually funny i think the first time i saw you play was uh believe it or not at like jailbreak brewing uh, oh wow a while ago it might <laughs> yeah, have been that anniversary like, party yeah, something like that. And, it was a one-year um, one year anniversary. Was Biz Marquee there? Yeah, he might have been. Um, yeah, I think Biz Marquee was playing. Yeah, and uh, I know those guys, the owners, are big fans of yours, and they uh, they obviously uh, made you a beer. So. Yeah, <laughs> do right. Yeah. <laughs> the do right beer. 
It was pretty tasty. Yeah, I think they're still making it. But, yeah, awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of where I grew up is uh, Laurel or, you know, PG County, as it were. Right? Went. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a PG County boy, too. Yeah, I listened to uh, one of your interviews. Uh, sounded like with a buddy of yours and uh, sounded like you grew up in, uh, in Bowie. Yeah. So, and uh, maybe even are also a PG County community alum which is kind of funny. I, I went there for a minute, like literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went there for a few semesters myself, but um... I, I know it affectionately as 13th grade. And I, I think I made it two weeks into 13th grade and then just rolled out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the, uh, not the greatest place in the world, but uh, neither is school in general. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just figured I'd get you on and, uh, see what you've been up to, see what you've been working on. Um, either music, art, um, I think you might've even had a magazine going. Is that, yeah, uh... I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, obviously COVID shut pretty much everything I do down except for, uh, painting. You know, I could still do paintings for people, but, uh, yeah. it shut my magazine down and then, uh, obviously all my gigs were shut down, but, uh, We'd been, Jimmy's Chicken Shack had been uh, getting together over the years and just kind of writing at our drummer studio in Baltimore. So finally last year in the spring, we were really getting serious about it and then went and recorded in the summer with Jim Wirt uh, in Cleveland. So we made a record that's coming out really soon, actually. So that, that was really fun. I mean, Jim Wirt did Bring Your Own Stereo. The record would do right on it and everything. And uh, so it was cool to go out there and make a record with the guys that are in the band now because they've all been in the band longer than anybody and uh but we never made a record as a as this group you know so that was kind of cool and then a magazine started back up in the winter in december so i got a new one coming out in march it's a quarterly actually i should have one somewhere let me i know i have one hold on (laughs) yeah go for it yeah so that's upstart annapolis Okay. It's a art, art and culture magazine, you know. It's an awesome yeah. pictures and stories, and you know. Do uh do people just subscribe through like a mailing list for it, or is there no? I just put it. it I just put it places, and it's free. So yeah, I just want anybody who wants it to be able to get it. I mean, they're real high quality. People pretty much collect them because it's got a cool like texture to it, and yeah. And uh, you know, we just wanted to. I, I didn't want to chintz on the paper, and then, you know people just toss it away. So, you know, we yeah. try to make it editorial heavy, you know, a lot less ads than most magazines and, uh, and just make it kind of, you know, shine a light on people and in, in and around Annapolis that are doing cool things. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, obviously, you know, all these little podcasts and stuff that are popping up as well are, are trying to kind of do similar stuff, but, uh, where do you, um, or I, I guess I should just say, um, for people who don't know, you're from the Annapolis area or I think currently there. So yeah, where do people, uh, or where do you usually drop them off? Like where do people usually find them? Well, uh, usually like in the arts district, you know, on West street, that, that yeah. quarter of West street. So 49 West Rams head on stage, um, Annapolis collection gallery, I'll yeah. put them at metropolitan. Um, so all that area that's kind of the arts district. And then I put them downtown. I put them in Eastport put them um, out here in Annapolis Neck where I live. 
Um, yeah. edge, uh, a little bit in Edgewater, um, definitely in Arnold and, and Severna Park and some spots like libraries and different uh, restaurants or grocery stores or stuff like that. So just places where people kind of, you know, art galleries as well and places where people kind of will see them and pick them up and, you know, be interested yeah. in the stuff that's in there. So That's what's up. Um, and then uh, I guess with the new the new record, um, it's probably been a little while since the last one, at least according to yeah. the internet. It's been so, like, since 08 or something? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think 09. <laughs> we okay. put out Fail on Q, and we recorded that in our drummer and bass player's house at the time. That's where yeah. our drummer had his studio. And, uh, you know, it's... I mean, there's some really cool songs on it. I don't, I don't necessarily, it's not my favorite record out of all of them. And even the process of making it wasn't my favorite process. I'm not much of a guy who likes to record. I kind yeah. of like to play live and recording is a bit annoying, but working with Jim work. And at this point in our conversation, my laptop died. So I had to restart it, but we picked right back up where we left off. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, I'm actually literally setting up a new MacBook this morning. Been uh, waiting for it for like months now. Finally nice. showed up, so I can <laughs> uh, actually edit stuff without this thing uh, this thing crashing. Right. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we we're just kind of saying that uh, you got the new album. Been working on it a little bit, and uh, you were kind of talking about how like maybe I don't know you'd uh, rather be playing out than recording, but uh, you know nonetheless. Got yeah, I mean, I, I've always liked live playing because, you know, it just happens once. And I feel like you always, yeah. when you're recording, you're reliving the past and you're always trying to catch up with yourself. And I don't know, there's just something about the finality of it. It's just, I yeah. don't know, because songs are supposed to change and be a little different, you know, even if I play them the same. <laughs> there, there's yeah. something cool about it floating away. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably my favorite record we've ever made. So I'm kind of psyched for it to come out. Nice. Yeah, I guess uh, I figure you've probably crossed paths with uh, Joey Harkum before. Um, oh, yeah. And he was probably like the first person I've heard that just say like a record is just a flyer for a show. And I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. That's kind of yeah. interesting because a lot of people, I don't know, seem like they take it real seriously sometimes or get real wrapped up in it. And uh, he's just like, yeah, let's get in. Let's uh, let's punch it out. Let's, um, you know, just keep rolling, not spend too much time, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I love records and I love I love the idea of it and I just don't like having to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I like the end result. Like so every every record we made in the studio, I pretty much have dug and and in some ways, you know, retrospect like doing it, but this one I I just was like I wanted to relive kind of 70s records where there's a concept to the whole record and so it it kind of I mean, for me, it, it's mostly a bit of a concept album in a sense of like, the, it's called Seconds and it's just about how yeah. life is fleeting, you know, so that it starts out with the lyric, uh, the seconds move too fast. And then <laughs> the last lyric on the record is, and you die. <laughs> so yeah. there's the concept. There's the arc. <laughs> yeah. 
the finality, death and taxes, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, you seem like you kind of stay motivated. Um, I don't know if that's like a daily practice that you have, as this is me loosely gathering, you know, just from what little I know. But yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure just like most of the X generation, I have some form of ADHD. So it's, yeah. I just, <laughs> I kind of just, you know, go about my day and just try to figure out what's going to get me through it without losing my mind. And usually that means doing something, <laughs> something creative. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or stuff around the house, I guess. I don't know. Um, it looked like you managed to get kind of near out close to the water though, which I feel like definitely helps. Yeah. I, I live on Black Walnut Creek and it's a little shallow water inlet. So it's, it's only like yeah. paddle boards and kayaks and, uh, so it's, it's good to get out of the water. I started riding my bike during COVID cause there was nothing else I could do. And the one thing I could control was my health. And, and yeah. honestly that, that shutdown probably helped me out quite a bit cause I lost a lot of weight and got healthy and it actually made me want to make a record. I yeah. hadn't really wanted to make a record in years. And I think, you know, obviously we know your mind and your body, it's all connected, but I started moving and, and getting kind of healthy and it made my my brain get energetic too so yeah. it's cool yeah it's cool when that happens for sure i'm a very like seasonal type of person i don't know I just you know always get depressed in the winter always more ready to go in the spring and the summer and right i don't know um but yeah i think uh too another thing at least from my end um i kind of admire the way you're pulling different uh, artistic fields together and keeping things going there because I've definitely, you know, uh, been doing some reshuffling like personally in my life, you know, prioritizing things and across the 30 threshold and uh, I actually worked for the fire department for like t the last, I don't know, 10 years and yeah. uh, got kind of burnt down on it. It was actually paramedic and all that. So um, I've always had, you know, kind of a toe in the, the artistic or art world, but I've been, you know, trying to slowly build like you know some other things within it whether it's you know this or video or releasing music or anything right. else it's good so for I, the soul man you gotta do it <laughs> and, yeah i mean obviously nothing against uh altruism or trying to help people out or anything like that but there's yeah. the, there's like a balance or something i i don't know and mine was out of whack for sure well, for a it, while it takes a special person to be an emt i i, I would have I wouldn't be able to do it for a day. I'd pass out. <laughs> I'd see somebody in trauma and just be like, good. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, so I, you know, I have friends have done it and, and family members who are nurses and doctors and stuff. And I'm, I'm pretty amazed by it. But yeah, I, I, at a young age, I kind of realized that I was pretty, um, pretty much going to just try to have fun for my life and, yeah. The only thing that was ever fun was making stuff, <laughs> whether it was painting yeah. or music, you know, or making mayhem. It's like, eh, I just figured that's kind of what I should try to figure out how to, if, if, if you got to make a living somehow, then I, I want to make making a living a bit of a life. And uh, that was like, I'll, I'll try to figure out how to make a living that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'd say it worked out pretty well, at least from the outside looking so far. in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, would you want to give people just like a brief rundown of, uh, of Jimmy's chicken check maybe back in the day? I mean, personally, I don't know exactly how you guys got the, uh, momentum of saying, 
getting do right out there. I know you guys right. uh, got a record contract. Uh, yeah, so I'll, and, well, I'll, give, I'll give you the, the the kind of quick history. Not so quick, yeah. but not so long. That's so cool. <laughs> I was in a band 10 times big for five years, starting yeah. in 1987. And then uh, we used to play with a band called uh, Ghost in the Graveyard. And the guitar player is named Jim McDonough. We became friends. And after both of our bands that were kind of done, we started playing acoustic songs together. And he had a really interesting way of playing. And, and uh, he was going to Peabody at the time. And, and I was living literally in like renting out closets, like walk-in closets from friends, yeah. you know, who lived in apartments in Baltimore and stuff. So we just started writing tunes and, uh, eventually got Jim Chaney, our, our first drummer. He was the last drummer in, uh, 10 times big and then he had a buddy named Che bass player so we just kind of went from doing an acoustic duo to a four piece like in one practice and what when we did get together it was you know i told those guys i was like we're gonna get signed to a label and they're like dear bullshit and i'm like no nah, i'm pretty sure we're gonna get signed to a label so i just started kind of we started booking our own shows and you know, making a bunch of merch and we within the first six months of us kind of being together we put put out a tape called chicken scratch a full-length you know album type yeah. thing and that had the first version high on it <clears throat> we were playing shows and another six months went by and we put out another one called spitburger lottery and i mean each of those were recorded by friends the first one cost us 400 bucks to record the second mm. was like 600 bucks so <clears throat> We ended up um, putting those out on a CD, both of those, because eventually th that was at the point where tapes and albums were going to CDs. And so we were like, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll convince these people to put this CD on, uh, put these two tapes on a CD for us. So they, this uh, Lion and Fox is a company out of Virginia, and they, they ended up um, doing that. We sold a ton of stuff. We played places all over the place. We set up a, we'd set up outside of RFK stadium during like Pink Floyd or Grateful yeah. Dead concerts and play and have the cops come and shut us down. And <laughs> so we just played anywhere and everywhere. And it was pretty quick. I mean, how everything happened for us when I look at it in retrospect, but basically uh, our manager, Richard Burgess, who's been in the industry since the seventies, he was over visiting from England and found out about us through these guys who were in a skate, skateboard. Uh, they were skateboarding in this uh, parking lot in Arnold. And uh, yeah. they, 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 he found out about this show that was happening at this place called The Mansion. And there was a bunch of bands there. He never made it, but he got a bunch of tapes from this guy um, who was running The Mansion at the time. Yeah. And like six months later, he called me and he's like, hey, I've been listening to your tape and I want to manage you and see if I can get your record deal. And nice. I was skeptical. Took about a year before uh, yeah. I let him be our manager. And then eventually after, you know, we got to the point where we were playing so much and playing in places like that we were pulling a great crowd and we were open up for every national act that would come through like Hammerjacks or something. So like 311, yeah. Fishbone, stuff like that. We would always open for him. So eventually we, sh we shopped for a deal. And after about a year, we got a deal, a rec signed a record deal. So... Yeah, the first, I mean, we started in 93 and the first record came out in 97. So gotcha. it was, it was a pretty quick journey <laughs> for the band, yeah. really. But it felt like it was an eternity. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so we put out, The High was the first single off that record. It was the first digital video on MTV. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and then, yeah, we just kind of, we're subject to the music industry at that point, which is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it worked both ways. I mean, 
given that it was kind of the tail end of uh, still you or having record companies promote bands and still yeah. sell actually physically selling records and stuff like that. I mean, you know, yeah, I always say we were on the crest of the wave. It's like the, yeah. the wave was about to crash and we wrote it as long as we could. But when it crashed, everything turned into white water. And I mean, you know, we, we had a few videos on MTV when they actually played videos, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> so exactly. It, yeah. It, it, and I, we did good enough to have a really good time, never got rich or anything, but it was never the goal. It's like, we've, I've been able to play music still. And yeah. um, I just turned 53. So I'm like, yeah, it all, it, it, it everything seems to work. I, I work out one way or the other. And, and then you yeah. your job to either dig it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. Siri just kicked on and asked me a question through my earphones. <laughs> I don't know what triggered her. Um, um, but yeah, do you have any like maybe fun stories from just uh, people you met or brushed shoulders with kind of from that heyday, uh, uh, I mean, as it were? Yeah, there's always kind of some funny story one way or the other. I mean, I, I, the, the coolest people that I met, I think, while we were out touring and playing, you know, like Perry Farrell, um, from Jane's Addiction and uh, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson is my favorite yeah. dude in the world. Like, oh yeah. And uh, I met him. Actually, That's met awesome. him. We were on tour. We were on the same label. We were on Island Records, and uh, we were up in Connecticut. And it was snowing, and I saw his bus. He, they were playing around the corner. And we were on tour with Everclear. So I, I went over to his bus, and I had my mom's guitar, and I get everybody to sign my mom's guitar. All these people we play with. So I stood out in the snow. Yeah for a good hour or so he came off the bus signed signed the thing i told him we were on the same label and he's like ah oh, come to the show so he he gave his guest list for uh front row yeah. seats and uh so i was like all right i gotta go play a show so we'll, we'll watch some of it and then i'll go play my show so i watched about an hour of him playing which he was amazing and then i had to go back and play my open yeah. up for Everclear. So we played for like 45 minutes. I went and signed some autographs for another half an hour and then ran back over and he was still playing, <laughs> still killing it. And then, and then dude stood wow. out on the, the <laughs> end of the stage at the end of the show and signed an autograph for anybody who wanted one in it. And the line went out the door and he stood there and talked and engaged with every single person. Like it was his first time ever playing out in front of people. So it's, really admirable dude and i met him months later or even a year and a half later and he remembered me and so he's he's pretty pretty cool dude so wow but yeah i mean <laughs> hung out with I mean, uh had slash sitting with us in cabo san lucas and so he jammed some tunes with us and then we hung out all night with slash and you can imagine what hanging all night with slash is like <laughs> was he uh yeah well, maybe it depends. I don't know. Was was this uh, before or after he was? Oh, it was uh, definitely before sauce, he was you know off the mean? sauce. It was. It was we, we had a rock star party oh, and okay. hang <laughs> slash. Uh, yeah, it was. It, <laughs> I got you. It was him and his girlfriend, and uh, we were and we were actually trading songs off, and uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. We just hung out and played acoustic songs together, and 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 uh, indulged in, yeah, yeah but what you would imagine rock yep. and roll people to have fun doing yeah. <laughs> with slash why not <laughs> well, yeah, exactly oh man the funny part is uh i was actually slashed in a guns and roses tribute for like a year there <laughs> nice <laughs> that was, was pretty ridiculous 
but um, he was he was super cool man he was totally yeah. down to earth we had a blast i mean i played this one song and he he was got all teary-eyed and said it was the prettiest song he'd ever heard it was kind of surreal right. so was, i mean he was just a genuine dude yeah and we had a blast it was fun to play with him you know i'm, I'm not a like guns and roses fan i but yeah. i was like but uh, when they when they asked when we were going to play Cabo Wabo, they were like, "Slash hangs out of here. You, would you would you let him sit in with you?" I was like, "Sure, but, but, yeah. yeah." Did people say no to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you mentioned um, Everclear too. It's always been kind of right. one of my favorite bands, actually. And uh, you guys obviously, I think, have some parallel in your sound. Um, what was that like? Well, actually, we were playing. Uh, we had two shows the first night. We played with them, so we played. There was this place called Graffiti's, and uh, we used to play there Mondays, but Everclear was coming through, and this was before their Sparkle and Fade, their first record, came out. Hmm. And they were just, you know, three three dudes, and and we opened up for them. They were like, you want to open up for this national act? And we're like, sure. So we're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll play, because uh, we, we'll take every gig we got. And we had a already had a gig that night at Hammerjacks, which was a CD release party for us, yeah. for a, a CD called... Um, giving something back and that was a sold out show so we basically we played for about 45 minutes right before everclear hung out with you know talked to the guys met them they were super cool super nice and then bolted played a sold out show at hammerjacks uh, on my birthday and i had a like 103 temperature i was totally sick and really funny time anyway years later you know once our record first record came out um, we must have, I don't know if we played a festival, but somehow, you know, I ended up seeing Art again and we were just, you know, he remembered meeting us and, and basically just somehow we started talking about, Hey, why don't we do a tour? So same yeah. thing with 311. I met those guys at the eight by 10, the old eight by 10, they were on the grassroots tour and hung out with them, you know, popped on their bus, gave them some stuff and was like, ah, oh, you guys are young, man. I want to, we're going to yeah. play with you one day. And then sure enough, they, you know, they, took us out on grassroots oh, not on a grassroots uh sound system tour so nice kind of cool to make a connection with people you know when we were unsigned and then go on to to open up for them and tour with them and it was fun so same thing happened with yeah. uh well fuel, fuel and us we actually were both unsigned at the same time we used to play gigs together a lot but but the band live my old band 10 times big Right before we broke up, we opened up for them at the old 930 Club, and they were called Public Affection. It was the night they got signed to Radioactive Records. Jerry Harrison from uh, the Talking Heads was head of the label, or A and R guy in the label, and was there to see them play. And they ended up, you know, I remember they were super young, and and after they they remember this story too, but they were really young, and and you know, we were kind of you know we were headlining the, the old 930 club it was our crowd and uh so they're doing their sound check and i mean i'm just, they're playing their first set and i remember we were hanging out downstairs and i mean these kids they were like just out of high school and i remember somebody going give it up already because they wanted us to go on yeah. well the song at the time was going give it up give it up <laughs> and uh about you know we played our show and everything but about a month or two later we our band broke up after five years and then about six months later i heard this song on the radio and it's going give it up give it up and i'm like that's that's the dude that sounded like cat stevens to me i was like that's that has got to be this band and they were like a band live and I, and I, it was really funny because when i did meet them they were really like i said they're super young i was like your band your name's awful i just told them straight yeah. up because their name was called public affection and yeah. 
Because at the time when public enemy is out, it's like public affection, that's not going to work. <laughs> so it, it, not that I'm the reason they changed their name, but I'm sure other people hey. were like, dude, name yeah. sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, and again, when I met them later on. We were just, we talked and they took us out on their uh, Secret Samadhi tour and, and it was just a lot of fun. And I'm still, you know, good friends with Pat, bass player. And uh, so, yeah. Good, good times. They're a great band. <laughs> they're from, uh, aren't they from like Lancaster, PA? Or maybe one they're from of them? York. York, York PA. PA. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they always play the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, but they're from York. Yeah. I think they may have even finally shut the Chameleon down. Or I think I heard. Yep. They, they shut uh, over COVID. And now Greg, who was one of the owners for quite a while, uh, Greg Barley, he opened a place called Phantom Power. And we're doing a show there, I think, in early June. It'll be nice. the first time there but it's it's a little outside of downtown lancaster but uh man it's a cool room it's an old theater and yeah. he's been getting, he's got bouncing souls playing there soon and he's got he's got doing some cool stuff that's cool yeah york's a nice little nice little spot up there yep. um is so that's a full band show in june obviously oh yeah. yeah 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 are you doing like a lot of uh acoustic stuff around town now or not at all um, here and there I, I do, you know, de- depends on if there's sometimes there's a charity event, I'll do something or I do, I'm going to start my, uh, a jar mic nights back up at Metropolitan Wednesday nights, probably in March. That's been shut okay. down for a while. Cool. But, you know, I mean, I'll play acoustic here and there. And, uh, actually this weekend, this Friday, um, playing with jar flies at Metropolitan on the second floor. And we haven't played since 2020. So it's kind of cool to do a jar fly show and, uh, and then Chicken Shack starts playing shows, I think, sometime in April, maybe. So okay. that's our next book show, I think. Yeah, maybe I'll check the website or something and sprinkle the dates in this uh, show for you. So yeah, they'll be up on them. our Facebook page. We don't really mess with our website, but uh, oh, okay. or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. On the Facebook page, we have them on there. So Yeah. Looked like uh, your dog was getting excited back there. What's uh, his or her name? Oh, uh, that's uh, Ruth Buzzy. Oh, she's yeah. just chilling. She's chilling in the, the old love sack. She's a. We, we just got her this past um, fall. She's a rescue from uh, Texas. Oh, wow. And, uh, okay. She, she's a she's a rad dog. She, she's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You find her on the internet or were you in Texas? No, it, it's kind of funny. So uh, I took a picture of my daughter for uh, her first day at school and she's like, don't post that up. And I'm like, no. I post that up every time. Come on. Yeah. So I posted it to Instagram and I tagged Annapolis, which I never really do in this... Uh, a, a day later, I got a call from a casting agent from L.A. saying, hey, uh, we're doing a show on a major network and it's a, we're trying to match dogs, uh, rescue dogs with family who like to rescue dogs. And I checked yeah. out your page and realized you're into rescuing dogs. I was like, we just lost a dog, man. And, and huh? she's like, well, if you'd be interested, it's, you know, the show's mostly about kids because it's on Disney. And, uh, and I was like, well, I'll talk to my wife and my daughter. And they were into it, so we went through the casting process, and and there's a show basically called uh, it's called Rescued by Roman, or yeah. Roman to the Rescue, <clears throat> one of those, and it's coming out on Disney, and they they latched up like seventeen families who were interested in adopting dogs, and they kind of matched them up. So she came from a high kill shelter, and you know uh, the the show itself was you know really didn't want people who wanted to be on TV; they wanted people who wanted a dog, and that was definitely yeah. us. So and it's mostly kids that are on the show. So that's coming out in the spring, I think. So it was a really weird way to get it to get a dog. And I was like, man, yeah. we, you know, when we were going through the process, I, we told them we were like, we don't care if we get on your show, but we want a dog. And they're like, oh, good, because that might happen. You might just get a dog and not be put on the show. Yeah. Like, 
that's cool so yeah well, she was she's the first one they offered up and she's awesome yeah <laughs> well it looks like she's having fun out there sunbathing there a little bit yeah, so she is chilling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool man um are there any uh i would say i don't know current bands from around town that you feel like you've heard and have uh been kind of i don't know interested in you know i, I, I kind of like music I'm, yeah. and i just like people doing it you know it's I, I remember when i was younger i wasn't really into the idea of cover bands and it was purely because i kind of wanted to play music for a living i knew it couldn't be I had to write my own songs and so I kind of yeah I think I was younger and a little snobbier <laughs> and now like I I I love going to see a band that plays killer covers yeah. man I'm like yeah. eh, these guys are great and they're, they're the workhorses man they're the, some of yeah. these people that do that gig man it's something I can't do and and I admire it a ton so I'll go out and I mean as far as like Bands that have come out of this area, obviously Pasadena and Joey Harkum, fantastic. Yeah. Bumpin', Bumpin' Ugly is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Pressing Strings and Scribe. I mean, all those guys, Swamp Candy. Like, you have all these bands that were kind of growing up at the same time, and they're all just such great writers and yeah. put on great shows. And they're all very different in their styles of writing, and but just really smart smart songwriting and so i just you know there's it's just always i think there's always been some really fantastic bands from this area during yeah. any era from the 80s on there was always somebody i i could go out and see and just be like totally inspired by which is kind of cool for such a small town you know yeah yeah i've always liked your songwriting and uh maybe bumping uglies too uh specifically because i feel like you know you guys have a very like blunt way of uh, putting some lyrics together, and that's something oh, right that on. like I try to do as well. Whenever I come up with a tune, I just I don't know. It, maybe even Everclear is a good example too. It's just a quick, down and dirty story in right. a lot of ways. I know you guys have different songs too, and it's not sure, always yeah. just straight to the point. But I always just feel like that cuts through a lot more sometimes, especially <clears throat> when you're first hearing a band. And, uh, you know, even more so live, too, because, you yeah. know, it's like you're actually getting to the meat of the story sometimes and it can uh, it can captivate people. So I've always... Yeah, Brandon, Brandon's a great, great uh, lyricist, man, great songwriter. So yeah, it's it's cool to, like I said, man, it's just that there's always somebody that pops up and keeps popping up and there's there's always somebody to check yeah. out, you know, so... Yeah, man, that's cool. Um, so you said the record um, just comes out soon. Probably no exact date yet for uh, people to look for, but just kind of keep tabs on lineup, probably like that? Or... Yeah, we'll probably end up, because the music industry is so weird now and it's changed so much, it probably won't, like, so we did an Indiegogo crowdfunding thing. So anybody who ordered it through that, they're okay. going to get a full download all at once. So they can hear the whole concept from front to back in order. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with the streaming platforms, what we're probably going to do is put out song by song, because if you put out a whole record and you upload a whole record, you basically are wasting a whole record. So that you, you try to do it, you know, stagger it and get as much time on something, you know, put it, put out one song and push that for a little bit, put out the next song, push that for a little bit and try to make the album have a little yeah. life as opposed to it just being all dumped at once and 
it treated as one song and it's I, it's something i haven't even wrapped my head around but that's kind of the way music yeah. industry is going these days and so yeah it, it, you know we're gonna get it out as quickly as we can we're gonna press it on vinyl and that's gonna right. take quite a while so we're, we're just at the back end of it where we're pretty much done mastering the record and getting ready to put out at least the downloads you know and uh and then like cds and you yeah know, start manufacturing stuff so any pretty videos any videos you're working on for it too or is it, um yeah. i think we have to do something yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that's the protocol and and so our our bass player actually teaches video production at umbc so oh, i'm hoping he'll i'm hoping he'll make a video for us and yeah. not charge us that would be cool <laughs> yeah you could probably use uh umbc studio or something like that so there you go man yeah i don't know i don't, I don't know if you know what our video will be but yeah. we'll definitely make one. Oh, my wife's coming in she was on the right track that works um howdy doing an interview yep talking to the famous rock star you know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's cool i was probably gonna wind this thing down a little bit anyway um, awesome i definitely uh appreciate your time um yeah, man. and i think people hopefully like hearing from you too so um i'll plug your song um actually that's the last thing i was gonna say is uh which song would you like me to slap on the episode or two Wow, shoot, I don't know. Um, so, I don't. You pick, what would you pick? I mean, I mean, <laughs> they're always high and do right. People have heard yeah. those, or maybe they haven't actually. <laughs> they probably they, we're a new yeah. band to, to a bunch of people, probably. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know because every, every record's so totally yeah. different. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to pick. There was a song uh, called uh, The Quiet Ones that kind of stuck out to me. It had a new oh, little nice. guitar riff and stuff like that. So maybe I could slap oh, that, that was one. Off the record. Yeah, that was off the record that we did in 2009. My The one I said I didn't really like that much. But that's yeah. actually, that's my favorite song off that record. And, uh, and Matt, the guitar player who was on that record, just joined the band again. He was in Cowboy Mouth for years. And uh, so now we're five piece with Matt nice. playing with us. So uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. So we get to play that song more. <laughs> nice. I also liked your cover of Fugazi, obviously too. I mean, <laughs> oh right on. Well, play them uh, both. That'll tell. Uh, that'll give you a difference of what the band sounds like. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Sweet. All right, man. Well, appreciate right. it, man. Appreciate your time, and I appreciate you uh, rocking the t-shirt and shows. <laughs> so. Cool, man. All right. Have, have a good, good uh, rest of your day. Right on. Peace. Later. So yeah, thanks to Jimmy for coming on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Made it this far. The song that you're hearing in the background is called "The Quiet Ones." And you can definitely check it out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to music. See you next time. Could you hear a word I say? Like words come easy to a fool, and losing step you push I pull. The final blow dealt in this duel. As the last one falls No one saw it coming As they passed you in the room Pale light on your face It's like the surface of the moon You never made a sound You just 
like you're always looking down on me and my friends aren't for purchase come your rapture will be earnest and pull the feathers from our wings when you purge your skin shed everything because the quiet ones are deafening as the last one falls no one saw it coming the ending came so soon laying silent on the beach your finger circling the moon and when you left the ground i could see you smiling you're always looking Some flame of calling to spark this soul again and let me know that I'm alive. How could we see it coming? Sewing faster through the loom, painting light on your face as you're floating past the moon. Though you never will come down I can sense you're smiling And you're always looking down 